Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for August 9th, 2009, where we're talking about the Bohemian Grove, Lilith, Moloch, these types of, uh, of subjects here. And a continuing with this article, a 2006 occult work by ceremonial magician Donald Tyson. Now, when we say magician, uh, they've got it spelled magic can. It's, it's, he's, a, he's a ceremonial witch. Ceremonial magic is very long, drawn out, very complex spells that they do that sometimes take days to perform. Literally days. They're very formal. They dress a certain way. They, they can also be extremely dangerous. Ceremonial magic. Okay, so he's not like a ceremonial magician, meaning like David Copperfield. Of course, I believe most of that with the Copperfield and this David Blaine guy and all that, that's straight from the pit of hell as well. Okay, it's an illusion. It's a deception. And much of that, in, it, it all stems from occult sources. If you study the concept of magic, it always stems from occult sources. Okay, so it's not just innocent and harmless. It's something I would definitely stay away from. So, going further, 2000 occult work by ceremonial, um, really should be ceremonial witch, Donald Tyson, titled Liber Lilith, details the secret cosmology for the mother of harlots. That's how she's also referred to, as the mother of harlots. Huh, doesn't that kind of sound like the book of Revelation? And the spawn of all night breed monsters, who is Lilith. She's, she's, also associated with these night monsters. The book proclaims itself as saved from the ashes of Dr. John Dee's library at Mortlake in the 1580s. John Dee being, being the uh, high-level occultist that actually worked with the Queen of England at the time, was a counselor for her, and uh, was the original, what we called the original 007, how we have James Bond 007, that actual term is, is stems from John D. And I, I literally mean that. You can do a keyword search for John D. on the internet, and you can learn a lot more about that. I don't have time to get into that today. But this book that he got, this Donald Tyson, which is Liber Lilith, was saved from John D.'s library uh, in the 1580s. Just as Lilith is a demonic, is the demonic god of the Bohemian Grove, so is Baphomet, which is considered the son of Lucifer and Lilith, the demonic god of the Freemasons. Do you see how these demonic occult organizations are linked together? In modern Luciferianism, Lilith is considered a consort and or an aspect of Lucifer and is identified as a figure of Babylon. She is said to have come from the mud and the dust. Well, that's what they say. And is known as the queen of the succubi. We've already talked about this. Now, this is what the occultists acknowledge her as. Okay, When she and Lucifer mate, they form an androgynous being called Baphomet, or the goat of Mendes. So when Lilith mates with Satan, the, the prodigy the offspring of this demonic union is this androgynous being called Baphomet, or the goat of Mendes. So this is kind of like another version of the pagan trinity that we have all throughout history. 
you know, Semiramis, Nimrod, Tammuz, Tammuz being the child, Nimrod being, you know, the dad, the Semiramis being the, the mother goddess figure, okay? This is kind of a, uh, would be like more, more back toward the original pagan trinity, okay? Which would be Lilith, Satan himself, and their offspring, Baphomet. Baphomet is this androgynous, meaning having both male and female sexual organs, and uh, is particularly portrayed with a goat's head. That's why he's known as the goat of Mendez. And this is the this is the one that you see on the upside down pentagram, where you see um, this goat head, and the horns are going up into the upper two, and the beard's going down, and that's that's Baphomet. Uh, Chick Track has a a uh, track on the Masons, the Freemasons, that you can go up on chick.com and uh, access. And um, it's it's called the Curse of Baphomet, which has a lot to do with the Freemasons. Okay, now, what I just read you was from an occult source, and, and again, that was, um, the occult source was called the Church of Lucifer, where evidently this guy was talking about this particular subject. Now, the writings of Michael Ford, um, which one of the writings is called The Foundations of the Luciferian Path. Okay, Lucifer, how art thou, how, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Isaiah fourteen twelve. It's the only place where the word Lucifer is mentioned in the Bible. Because okay, people say, well, how do you know he's Lucifer and this and that? Well, how art thou cut down, O Lucifer? And see, they they refer to them there as son of the morning. Okay, before he fell, he was the anointed cherub that covereth, most likely covering the throne of God. Okay, but when he fell due to his pride and due to his merchandise, according to Ezekiel, after the fall, he was referred to as Satan. Okay, and... The, one of the reasons that's so important in the Bible version you're reading is Isaiah 14, 12 in the King James reads, how, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down which didst weaken the nations? Now, in almost all the other versions, they read, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, morning star? Some of them, if you have like an NIV reference Bible, will take you to where the morning star, I believe, is mentioned in Revelation that's in reference to Jesus Christ. So somebody reading that is thinking, well, is Lucifer the same as Jesus Christ? See, God is not the author of confusion. It's very important what Bible version you're reading. And stick with the King James Bible. If you have any doubts with that, just go into the keyword search box on my homepage on Sermon Audio. Uh, You can find me under Scott A. Johnson. Do a keyword search. And for KJV... That's all you got to put in the KJV, and I'll give you all the documentation and the studies to prove it. So, these writings by Michael Ford, the foundations of the Luciferian path, contends that Lilith forms the Luciferian trinity, composed of her, Samuel, and Cain. Now, they're saying it's Samuel and Cain in her. Okay, there's an, Again, I told you another way you could look at it. Baphomet, Lilith, and Satan. They're saying it's another way you can look at it is the Samuel and Cain. Um, Cain supposedly was, uh, well, here it says it right here. Likewise, she is said to have been Cain's actual mother. 
So this is this whole theory. I've had many supposed Christians email me saying, Oh, brother, you got to get on the right track. You don't know what's going on. Didn't you know that Lilith was Cain's actual mother? Not according to the Bible. <laughs> okay. Well, the Bible wasn't rendered correctly in that portion of scripture. Oh, we're going to play that game where we're playing God and questioning God's word, just like Satan did, the serpent did in the Garden of Eden. We're going to play that same game, are we? No, we're not. Because my foundation and my standard and my rock is the word of God. Whereas theirs is not. Well, I think a better rendering would be, that's not an accurate translation. Don't you know you should use these other translations, you know, the ones that were spawned from Westcott and Hort, the 1881 Revised Version, that were translated from true corrupt Catholic manuscripts, the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus, which were ultimately spawned from Egyptian Alexandria and Egyptian manuscripts that were corrupted from the very beginning. Yeah, that's the kind of Bible I want to have. No, I don't think so. But again, this is the whole road you start going down when you get into the other Bible versions and when you constantly have to go back to the Hebrew and Greek to get the real meaning. When you start doing that constantly and you start reinterpreting the word of God, you get into a lot of trouble. So, so she's supposedly in this theory, This, and again, it comes straight from witchcraft. If you believe this theory, understand where the source of it is. Um, they say that she was actually Cain's mother, Lilith, uh, as opposed to Eve. She, it was actually through Lilith. Lilith here is seen as a goddess of the witches, a dark feminine principle, also known as the goddess Hikate. Now, Hikate is a the ones that the um, in Quetzalcoatl are one of the ones that the Mayan, this whole Mayan calendar ending thing, 2012 deal, that has a lot to do with what they believe is coming back to the earth in, in this 2012. Now, I've done a whole s series on 2012. Just key in 2012 on my keyword search box on the homepage on Sermon Audio, and you'll find it. So... Uh, the source of that last thing I just read was Black Witchcraft, The Foundations of the Luciferian Path. And again, I don't ever tell you to go buy these books. I, I, I don't. If you have them, if I was you, I would get rid of them. You have a Satanic Bible. I knew a pastor uh, once, Ellis, and he, uh, he had all these occult books in his library. He had all these special books from the Freemasons, uh, morals and dogma, and, and he had the Satanic Bible, and all these are cursed. You shouldn't be bringing them in your house. It's one thing for me to read a quote; it's another thing to, for me to go out and spend my hard-earned money and buy one and bring it into my house. You're bringing a curse in your house. That pastor also ended up falling in a real big way. He ended up being basically booted out of his church. You know, suffering a lot of shame, winding up in bitterness, these types of things. And, and some of it may have had to do with that. You know, I just can't think it could have helped, put it that way. So I, I advise you to get rid of all that garbage if, you, if you've got it. You don't need it. You can do research on the internet and not have to go out and buy this stuff. Okay? And I've known other people that get into this, they want to go and they want to read Isis Unveiled, 
or something, or, or uh, Alice Bailey's works, or Madame H. P. Blavatsky. Why? We've got enough to deal with uh, in this day and time. You know, it's one thing if you're a watchman in, or, and you're researching this in order to expose it. But why you got to read the whole manuscript? It's a waste of time. You're putting demonic thoughts into your head constantly. Particularly, some of these books are 1,000, 2,000 pages long. You're bringing a curse in your house. Don't think it's not going to affect you. And if you're putting that and you're reading that, you know, I would just strongly advise against it. I've seen it take people down. Happened to me in the last year to, to a friend of mine that I knew. And um, we ended up parting ways as a result of that. I believe that was a, a partly due to blame. So anyway, if we go further, after traveling, now this is, a, we're going to switch gears here. After traveling from Austin, Texas to San Francisco, Alex Jones and other members of his team, Violet Nichols and Mike Hansen met up with the British filmmakers and began a three-day investigation before attempting to enter the Grove. Now I bought this, this uh, tape when it came out a long time ago on the dark secrets of the Bohemian Grove. You can actually go up right now and watch it on the internet, and I even give you the link here. Um, where And again, I'm not just giving this blanket recommendation for Alex Jones, because like I've said before, Alex Jones, although I believe he's got some good information, we need to, um, the type of proactive things that we're, that we're getting into with Alex Jones generally involves what you can do as a person physically to be proactive to stop the coming evil. Now we know according to the Bible, coming evil is not going to ultimately be stopped. Do we still fight it? Do we still earnestly contend for the faith? Do we still try to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness? Do we still mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them? Yes. You still do those things. Okay, But how are you going about doing it? Yes, I think it's good to be proactive. And I think it's good to, to be proactive in a certain sense, not going out and you know getting guns and causing riots and all those other things. But the main way to be proactive is really on your knees and on informing others so that they can pray about it as well because if people don't know about this evil, how do they ever know to pray against it? And I've done a whole study called Imprecatory Prayers of Christian's Door of Hope which gets into that particular subject, imprecatory prayers, or just key in prayer in the search box on my homepage. It'll tell you that. Um, it's things that are all in the Bible that are just rarely talked about. But our primary battle is a spiritual battle. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rules of wickedness in high places, powers. That's where true battle is. tells us to put on the full armor of God, be right with the Lord Jesus Christ, confess our sins, you know, so we actually can do battle. And that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, so these are things we need to bear in mind, particularly in a study like this, because it'd be very easy to get your eyes focused on the witchcraft practitioner and get your eyes off Satan and all of his minions behind these types of people, which is really where our true battle is. So, if we go further, uh, Alex Jones and, and this, this um, investigative team attempted to enter this Bohemian Grove uh, on July 15, 2000. Okay, so this was, you know, a little over nine years ago. Alex Jones and Mike Hansen, equipped with two hidden video cameras, 
and disguised as members of the Bohemian Club, successfully infiltrated the elite cult compound. The following detailed report of what they found is absolutely shocking. Now, again, you can go watch this on the internet. You can actually watch their video they took of inside there. I know how bizarre this all sounds. Just remember that we have all we have all this on tape on the video, Dark Secrets Inside the Bohemian Grove, which has aired nationally in the United Kingdom and might air here even in the United States unless it is suppressed. I don't think it's ever aired here yet, but you never know. So as they were there, one of the things that were happening, and now they were there during this cremation of care ceremony, and so they're there watching this, and they say, so the priest talked about goodly tire in Babylon. That's what the priest at the Bohemian Grove, over the loudspeaker, was talking a lot about goodly tire in goodly Babylon. Okay, Again, Babylon's never associated with anything good in the Bible. Well, and then he goes on to say, well, there is only one great owl of Babylon and goodly tire. If you read your Bible and historical document of the time, they will be burning children in the Babylonian and the Canaanite kingdoms of the owl god, Moloch. Owl god, Moloch. I thought that Moloch was associated with Lilith. Well, let's look at that. Let's, let's look at that in detail. Because I think there's some confusion here regarding Moloch being associated with an owl. Okay? Moloch. Now, this is from the Genesis Gen... Senius lexicon, and it says regarding Moloch, and it says, and I'm going to give you other sources too, not just one. Moloch is an idol of the Ammonites, who was at various times worshipped by the Israelites in the valley of Hinnom, who offered human sacrifices to him. Okay, the Bible is very clear at various and sundry times, um, the Israelites even worshipped Moloch. If you go to Leviticus 18.21... Uh, 22, 1 Kings 11, 7, 2 Kings 23, 10. According to the rabbis, his stature, Moloch's stature, was of brass with a human form, not an owl form, a human form, with the head of an ox. It was hollow within and heated from below, and the children to be sacrificed were cast into its arms. And in like manner is the statue of Saturn, among the Carthaginians described by Diodorus. Moloch of the Ammonites and Saturn of the Carthaginians both represented the planet Saturn, which was regarded by the Phoenicio-Shemic nations to be appeased by the human sacrifices. That was what Moloch was. Moloch was, in other words, um, always in connection with Saturn, as well, okay. Saturn being the sixth planet from the sun. Saturn, if you do some word swaps, you can get Satan, essentially, the word. Uh, Saturn is very much associated with, it's also associated with the star of their god, Remphan. Remphan, the star, and I've done a whole study on the hexagram, is the six pointed star. And I, I tell you how the six-pointed star may relate to the mark of the beast, and also how the six-pointed star is total evil. And I don't care how it's interlaced or how it's evil. It is one of the highest, if not the most highest, occult symbols in all of witchcraft. 
and it's used at the highest levels. It is a wicked symbol. And guess what? It's associated with Moloch. Because Moloch is associated with Saturn. So, just so you know, that's what we're dealing when we're dealing with Moloch. Okay? It was a brass statue, typically, with a human body and, yeah, human body and a the head of a bull or an ox. Okay? And I'm just showing... That's what it looks like. So I was just showing um, Taylor and of the what that looks like. Uh, this whole thing about Moloch as portrayed in an idol form is... If you do a keyword search for this on the internet in, in, a, in a biblical sense... Um, it wasn't portrayed as an owl. It was portrayed as having the head of a bull or an ox, the body of a human, and sometimes with seven compartments for the sacrifices to be made. Now, I've got the pictures of this up on the um, document for this teaching that will most likely be on contendingfortruth.com because this is too big of a, of a of a PDF for me to put up on Sermon Audio. There's no way I can fit it on up there. But uh, the there's two ways that... It was typically portrayed. Now, this we're going to get into the second way it was portrayed here right now. The 12th century uh, rabbi, Rashi, commenting on Jeremiah 7.31, stated, Tophet is Molech. Okay, Tophet is another, it's called the place of burning. It's another place that's associated with child sacrifice and Molech. Now, Tophet is Molech, which was made of brass. Now, this is a different source. They heated him from his lower parts... And his hands being stretched out and made hot, they put a child between his hands. It was burnt. This is so terrible. When it vehemently cried out, but the priest beat a drum that the father might not hear the voice of his son and his heart might not be moved. How sickening. That is so terrible. I mean, they, they've got this picture of this father putting a little baby on the white hot red hot hands of Moloch. Why? To secure financial blessing most of the time? Man, I tell you something. you got to be beyond demon-possessed to do something like that. I mean, that's why Satan loves abortion, because it's done in darkness, and it's a medical procedure, and it's done under this veneer of being legal and official. It's not legal in God's eyes. It's murder. It's a it's a child, not a choice. Okay? But this is even more heinous because these people have had the baby, they've been able to bond with their baby, and yet they still choose to do this. It's so horrific. I, I, it, it grieves me to even think about it. It's terrible. But this is what they did, and this is what they do do still. You know, where these things are. In, in, you know, secret places. Because Moloch hasn't went away. So they beat this drum that the father might not hear the voice. They're saying of his son. I, evidently they considered the sacrifice of a baby boy to be more preferable. Ooh, that'll take the wind out of your sails. Um, a rabbinical tradition attributed to Yal Kaut of Rabbi's 
Simeon says that the idol was hollow and was divided into seven compartments. I have a picture of this version also. In one of which they put flour, in the second turtle doves, in the third an ooh, or you like a you lamb, in the fourth a ram, in the fifth a calf, in the sixth an ox, and in the seventh a child. And they were all burned together by heating the statue inside. So they heated the statue up from the bottom and there were seven compartments. This is just sickening to even talk about. But this is what they did and they talk a lot about it in the Bible. So Taylor was just asking why they couldn't just jump out of the compartments. I said because they were sealed in there. Now this is very similar to the wicker man which the Druids made to, to sacrifice people on Samhain or Halloween night. And I've done a whole study on Halloween, but this is very similar to that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't just sacrifice humans in the Wicker Man many times. There was other sacrifices in there of different animals and things of this nature. Man, don't you hate Satan? I just, oh man, the Lord Jesus Christ rebuked that devil from the pit of hell. This is so terrible. And then it says, so it is far more likely this owl, and this is my comment, it is far more likely this that this owl is representative of Lilith or Athena or Minerva as all of these, Lilith, Athena, or Minerva, all of these fallen angelic evil deities are typically portrayed with owls, whereas Moloch is not typically portrayed as an owl or with an owl. I couldn't find one where Moloch was portrayed. And I did a lot of studying on this, and I couldn't find. But everybody just says, oh, it's the owl of Moloch. Well, I don't see the history behind that to to justify that. Um, now, I've got three images of Lilith, Athena, and Minerva, all with owls that I was easily able to find now, I did the same keyword search for Moloch and for Owl. I couldn't find anything. So, other than the, the Bohemian Owl, but that's it's like it's an assumption that, oh, it's the, it's the Bohemian Owl of Moloch. No, I think it's more so the Bohemian Owl of Lilith more than anything, or you could associate it with Athena or Minerva. Now, again, I've got the, the pictures here. I'm showing them. There's the Owl. These are all, again, Lilith, Athena, Minerva, Semiramis, Isis, these types, they're all kind of different flavors. Diana, of the same, most likely the same fallen angelic deity. But they change when you have different cultures, like the Greeks and the Romans and the Babylonians and the Egyptians. They, they have, it's kind of like it's the same goddess, but it's a different flavor. Okay? So, part of the whole pagan trinity thing there. Uh, so, now, let's go... I'm going to keep reading here from this article. Everyone has heard the saying, wise is an owl. But do you know where this phrase actually comes from? The phrase comes from the goddess of wisdom, supposedly the goddess of wisdom, who was sometimes depicted as an owl. The simple web search using the terms owl and symbol turned up many references to owl as a symbol of the Greek Athena. Now remember, I just mentioned Athena. We've mentioned Lilith, Athena, Minerva. In fact, the scientific name for owl is Athne Noctura. So they've actually got, the scientific name for owl actually has Athena, or in this case, the Athne, in the name. 
Okay, so Athena is so closely associated with the owl, it's actually part of her scientific name. Perhaps you've seen movies depicting the Greek goddess Athena and her pet owl, and I give you a picture of that in here. Athena, Athena's coins, they actually minted coins, bore the likeness of Athena on one side and the owl on the other. Indeed, these coins were called owls. That's what the coins were called, owls. Now remember, harken back to all the Bible verses we just read. The owl is always associated with the most extreme evil, and specifically one place in the Bible it's associated specifically with Lilith. It was actually screech owl. It's translated from the word Lilith in the Hebrew. King Arthur's Merlin was always depicted with an owl on his shoulder, and there's a ton of, you know fervor and clamor over Merlin and all the shows about him and stuff. The owl was an unrivaled symbol of intelligence or wisdom in the ancient mysteries. Athena was the owl and was the goddess of wisdom. So again, this could be Athena that we're dealing with. It could be Lilith, Minerva, whatever. But I don't see it being Moloch. Remember, Athena is another name for Semiramis, just a different culture. Semiramis, Tammuz, Nimrod, you know, Babylon. Okay, and uh, it also is another name for Ishtar, or Isis. Ishtar is where we derive the word for Easter, pagan holiday Easter. I've done a whole study on that. You can search. Or Isis, which is more like the Egyptian version. Uh, the Bible makes references to men of wisdom being master builders. Isis was known as the goddess of towers. I remember when I was a little kid, they had this cartoon on where they had Isis. And I didn't know what it meant. Uh, weird name, you know. It was, it was a cartoon I watched all the time. ISIS, and, you know, they were going and doing all this garbage. They had some really flagrant stuff on cartoons back then. Um, so ISIS was the goddess of the towers, and is also the goddess of wisdom. Therefore, the owl is a fitting representation of ISIS. Now, again, I know I'd started out with this Alex Jones thing where they're going into the Bohemian Grove and I segue off that, but I really wanted to say that because right up front he's saying the owl god Moloch. Well, yeah, I don't think so, but uh, so let's start back on this where they go into the Bohemian Grove. Suddenly, again, we'd been misdirected from the owl by the activities behind the curtains across the bank. Now, in other words, they're standing across, they're at this cremation of care ceremony that they've infiltrated and that they're recording, and they were paying attention to the owl. Um, then we were paying attention to the owl and the priests on the island. So, in other words, they're across, there's this little lake in front of them, and then there's the other bank, and then there's this 40-foot owl with all these priests around it. Okay? And um, there was an old-fashioned river-style boat with the Grim Reaper character who had been driving the wagon, and he was pulling himself across the water with a, with a body bound up on the bow of the boat. This really... You can go watch it on the internet. It's right up there. You can watch the whole sordid thing. Now, the Grim Reaper is always representative of Azrael. Azrael is the technical name for the Angel of Death. And I'm not making this up. It literally, the Angel of Death has a name, and it's Azrael. Azrael will typically be portrayed in one of three ways. Either a Grim Reaper-like figure, um, you know, skeleton under hood, or a skeleton, or a sometimes on the tarot card, tarot card the number 13 tarot card is um, the um, skeleton on a horse. And guess what? It's the death card. 13 also being the number of rebellion. 
Rebellion brings death. It's kind of fitting. But anyway, there's whole cults devoted to, to worshipping Azrael. There's a website up on the internet, and I'm not even going to give you the name because I don't really want you to go up there, but they're devoted to the worship of Azrael. And I've been up there a couple times um, and uh, just to do some research, and I'll tell you what, these are some of the sickest people on the planet. You talk about morbid. You can't even understand how morbid, if you get into this cult, you can be. But that's what they do. You know, you get demon-possessed, you do as Satan wants you to do, and you start to have desires for things no normal person in their right mind could possibly ever have a desire for. Well, that's all I'll say about that. So he brought the body bound to the high priest who was waiting for it at the foot of the owl. At the bottom of the large circular steps on which the owl sits, then a very in very macabre fashion, the two clad black-clad priests rubbed and caressed the sacrificial body and brought it before the owl. This is like this big, you know, occult pagan ceremony that they're performing here. Um, the body begged for its life over a speaker system. When they refused it mercy, they took it onto the altar. Now, supposedly this body, there's nobody in this. Okay, there's nobody. And there's a lot of speculation, put it that way, about that. Um, but they took the, um, the body begged for its life. They refused it mercy. They took it upon the altar. The great owl told them to burn the body. Wouldn't that be fitting, you know? Well, if it's associated with Lilith, particularly, we know she's the, you know, one of them is the goddess of death, essentially. Okay, so, the great owl told them to burn the body, which they called, quote, dull care. So they, they, they would say, be gone, dull care, and they're going to burn you. Okay, so they're burning the cares of their life away, you know, is what they're representing this to be. This this little rich good old boy's party, and they're, they're doing this symbolically, you know. And then it goes, um, the, this dull care looks like a human wrapped in a black cloth. Right above the altar, there was a large stone lamp that was burning that was called the eternal flame. So they've got, you know, this 40-foot owl, they've got this big thing that's burning in the background, and they're going to burn this, this um, human in effigy, okay, that's begging for its life. The high priest took an, an unlit torch, lit his torch with the flame. The body again begged for mercy. The high priest then walked down with some difficulty because the high priest was so old he could hardly even walk. And he lit the funeral uh, pyre on fire. He began to say that he would read the signs of the remains once it was burned. Now this is like, you ever heard him like reading tea leaves and that kind of garbage? Well they do all that with all kind of stuff, these occultists, you know, they read like organs and that are taken out of, you know, animals and, and they read tea leaves and they read your palm and all this other garbage. Well, evidently they can read their signs of the remains. Okay. Which is a deep occult tradition. This is not the Hollywood devil with red pajamas, um, a pitchfork and a pointy tail. This is the real deal. Babylonian mystery style religions, which is what we're dealing with here. The body continued to scream in pain. Suddenly all of those little metal crosses, all these little metal crosses that we had seen along the bank during the day, burst into flames. So they had this thing rigged up where they had all these little metal crosses 
and they all of a sudden burst into flames as the body's being consumed. Now, what do you think? That's a mockery of, you know, the cross of Jesus Christ, of course. So, I was there witnessing something right out of the medieval painter, uh, Hieronymus Bosch, Bosch's vision of hell. The burning of metal crosses, priests in black and metal robes, with the high priest in a silver robe and a red cape, a burning body screaming in pain, a giant stone red horned owl, world leaders, bankers and media, and the head of the academia engaged in these activities. It was total insanity. I would, I would agree with them. Pretty, pretty much insane. So the ritual ended. And all the old men started breaking up and going back to the big hall in the giant redwoods. It's in the middle of a redwood forest. Myself and Mike Hansen hightailed it out of there. Walking at a brisk pace, we encountered no resistance when we left. We walked right by the guards and were out in the main road, Bohemian Avenue. It's a lot easier to get out of, out of the grove than it is to get in. Because a lot of these world leaders that you read about in the news leave the Grove to go to a small town, Montrio. They go into the bars for prostitutes that are flown in from around the world that would service them. Now that, trust me, that's just the tip of the iceberg there. Down the road, the British media was waiting to pick us up. They asked us, did you get it? Did you get it? One of the producers, John Sargent, said, you've done it, Alex. You've blown the Bohemian Grove right open. There is so much more to the story that we don't have time to get into. I decided that this interview transcribed and put on my interview. So you can go to Infowars.com and read it. And uh, that'll, if you want to know more about that. Or you can go watch the video. The video is right there. I mean, they don't do anything. Well, they're not like cussing in it or, or doing anything like sexual or inappropriate in that regard. Uh, I, I don't remember anything, if that's the case at least. Uh, so, if you, um, now let's change gears again. And if you look carefully around Washington, D.C., you will find many of our government buildings which are pagan in architectural style. They also have owl statues on them. Our country adopted most of its symbolism from the ancient Egyptian mysteries, and therefore I'm leaning toward believing that the owl is just another symbol of Isis to the high priest who designed the American Mysteries. Now, Isis is not particularly usually portrayed with an owl. The, the depictions of Isis that I saw, she was portrayed with a hawk. It looked to be a hawk in those pictures. Okay. Now, you may be able to find one where she's at, but I'm talking about the typical representation. You'll see the typical representation with either Lilith, Minerva, or Athena. Okay. And again, not Moloch. So, if you look at an aerial view of the United States Capitol, at the extreme eastern side of the Capitol, you will see two cul-de-sacs that are irregularly shaped. In fact, when you draw a bold black line carefully around the cul-de-sacs and continue the black line around the Capitol, you get the appearance of an owl. And I mean, you literally do. And I've got the pictures of these in this document. Um... And with the cul-de-sacs as its ears. This is not accidental either. Consider the symbolism of the owl. Uh, now, if you want to know more about the secret architecture of Washington, D.C., watch the show Riddles in Stone. CuttingEdge.org sells the video. Um, and if you watch Riddles in Stone, it will give you a boatload of stuff. I don't think they got into the owls that much on it. 
Maybe they did. I, I'm not sure. I, I, it's been a while since I watched it. But it documents all the Freemasonic garbage there and all the occult symbolism. And I mean, it's very well done. And uh, this is just one aspect of the incredible occult architecture that has been built. I mean, look, the biggest obelisk in the world is there. You know, the Washington Monument. Essentially 666 feet high from its base underground. 555 feet high from above ground. But it goes down another 111 feet. Um, so it's about 666 feet high. It's the largest um, obelisk in the world. An obelisk being representative of the um, male phallus. And I mean, you know, it doesn't get much worse. And look at all the evil that's coming out of Washington, D.C., even more and more increasingly with our current administration. So it, it is truly a cursed, occultic place. It has, like, the highest crime rate of anybody in America. You know, it's all kind of statistics about it. It's a very wicked place. So, let's see here. Consider the symbolism of the owl. And... Again, I'm looking right now at a satellite photo of an owl taken in, from high resolution from a satellite in 1966. And I'm going to... Okay, so going further, uh, on the first Saturday of the camp, of this Bohemian Club camp, an elaborate ritual called the Cremation of Care is held just after dinner. It begins with the procession of a group of men dressed in red, pointed hoods, red robes, some of them who play a funeral dirge, while others carry torches. These men also carry a rough open coffin containing a body made of a black made of a black muslin muslin covered wooden skeleton. According to William Domhoff, author of the Bohemian Grove and other retreats, this is the body of care, symbolizing the concerns and woes that important men supposedly must bear in their daily lives. It is the dull care which must be cremated. Mary Moore, a longtime Sonoma activist who founded the Bohemian Grove Action Network, which has helped to organize demonstrations outside the Grove since 1980, has been one of the Grove's most uh, rational critics. The network's website is at uh, www.sonomacountyfreepress.com www.sonomacountyfreepress.com Let's see here. And in this website, it contains a complete listing of all the public policy speeches that have been given by major figures over the years, I believe at the Grove, including Dick Cheney's 1991 speech, Defense Problems of the 21st Century. Now, here's some known other known members of the Bohemian Grove. Uh, both President Bush's, Ronald Reagan, Henry Kissinger, Richard Nixon, Casper Weinberger, Dick Cheney, Malcolm Forbes, Colin Powell, Helmut Schmidt, Stephen Bechtel of the Bechtel Corporation, Jerry Cole, David Rockefeller, Newt Gingrich, Tom Johnson, who is the president of CNN and the former publisher of the LA Times, William Randolph Hearst, Jr., big newspaper man, uh, Charles Scripps of the Scripps Howard Newspapers publisher. See, you got to have the media controlled and media represented. you got to control the false information they're feeding everybody. And Walter Cronkite of the CBS Board of Management. We're going to talk a lot about Walter Cronkite in this study. 
and a host of prominent CEOs and business leaders, most of them conservative, many of them from California, 99% of them are white, white men. Here's a picture here of police guarding the entrances to the Grove. They've got a whole battalion of police there that guard the entrances because there's usually demonstrators there. So the ceremony, this is from William Domhoff, Domhoff, who we just talked about, from the publication The Progressive. This is from January 1981, entitled The Bohemian Bigwigs Perpetuate a Canaanite Cult. He says, quote, The ceremony involves the burning of an effigy of dull care who symbolizes the burdens and responsibilities these harried Bohemians now wish to shed temporarily. More than 100 Bohemians take part in the ceremony as priests, acolytes, torchbearers, brazier bearers? Okay, I don't know about that. Brazier bearers, boatmen, and woodland voices. But despite the many flowery speeches, they can't get the fire started. The perplexed Bohemians must turn to the mighty owl for advice. They say to the mighty owl, O thou, great symbol of all mortal wisdom, owl of Bohemia, we do beseech thee, grant us thy counsel. End of quote. Intones the high priest, um, and then an aura of light creates a glow around the owl's head. And then the big bird reveals its wisdom. The high priest uh, must then light the funeral pyre with the flame from the lamp of fellowship, located conveniently enough on the altar of the Bohemia at the base of the shrine. End of quote from this publication. So hopefully you've got a pretty good idea what's going on there at this point. Uh, now, I'm looking at the program cover for the year 2000 Bohemian Grove. Now, this is, I believe, one of the programs that Alex Jones snuck out. And on the program cover, it says Cremation of Care, July 15, 2000. Uh, and then it says, um, let's see here. It has the 40-foot owl. It's a dark and this is obviously, I don't know, some type of depiction of a previous one they had. And what it shows is the Great Stone Owl, a lit lantern, a big fire on the altar, and then a human skeleton on the altar before the owl. And if we get, and they actually zoom in on a close-up of this program, and you can see it's a skeleton-like being with its hands kind of like out in front of it on the altar. It would be, look like it would be writhing in pain, being burned up. A mock ceremony held every year depicts the sacrifice of the human named Dull Care before the great owl of the Bohemia. Again, you can go up on the internet and watch this as well. Now here's this next picture I'm looking at. It's from 1991 of German Chancellor Helmut Schmidt. He addresses the elite of the world at a lakeside talk. In his own biography, Autobiography, Helmut Schmidt's, uh, which is entitled Men in Powers, a political retrospective, says that he is a member of the Council of Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, and the Bilderberg Group. He also says that he has been an active participant in the bringings of the world government. Mr. Schmidt also says that his book, in his book that leaders from the globalist bodies travel to the Grove every summer. He talks about the secret groves in Germany where they do druidic rituals as well, but indicates that the Bohemian Grove is his favorite place to participate in these rituals. Uh, 
in Alex Jones's film Dark Secrets Inside the Bohemian Grove, close-ups are shown of Helmut Schmidt's book and the text. I mean, we're not making this stuff up. This has been documented and been admitted uh, by them. Now, I sent this out. What kind of got me going on this was a article that had come out from um, Henry Makow, Ph.D., and it was entitled Bohemian Grove, the Illuminati Meet This Week for Satanic Rituals. Uh, this in this article starts out by saying the Satanist cult that has colonized mankind is meeting this week at the Bohemian Grove, 80 miles north of San Francisco. Over 2,000 members, the political, corporate, cultural, and military elite of the world will be gathered for satanic rituals, possibly including human sacrifice. They have been meeting here since the 1880s. According to Tree, a young, that's what she calls herself, Tree, a young Las Vegas woman who claims to have contacts inside the secretive club, a ritual sacrifice of Mary Magdalene takes place on Tuesday, July 21st, and a ritual sacrifice of Jesus Christ takes place on July 22nd. A human body or effigy is burned in front of the large owl symbolizing Molech. Well, that's what they say. I think it's more the others, but um, the pagan Canaanite god. Alex Jones filmed a similar ceremony called the Cremation of Care from July 15th of 2000. Now, what was interesting about this is they timed this a lot of these ceremonies with um, the summer solstice. Okay, now notice they said July 21st they're going to ritual sacrifice of Mary Magdalene, July 22nd ritual sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, coincidentally, not coincidentally, but the summer solstice for 2009 was on June 21st. In the northern hemisphere, the summer solstice began June 21st, 2009, 1.45 a.m., uh, Eastern, I think EDT. And then in the UK on June 21st, 2009, the summer solstice began at 4.45 UT, meaning the time zone. So, this is a high pagan satanic holiday to occultists, and they are performing witchcraft rituals around the world in the Bohemian Grove to further summon evil spirits and conjure wickedness. Now, see, that's the essence of everything that I'm talking about today. I said all that I said to say that last line because that is the essence of what they're doing. This is a witchcraft ceremony. They are conjuring spirits. They are, it's essentially like a collective curse. And they realize the more people they can get there that are like-minded and more powerful in the occult arts, the more effective their curse can be. And their witchcraft can be. So, again, um, that's why they do all this. And they coordinate it with the summer solstice. Okay, Midsummer night sets us free. That's what the high priests were saying. Well, the midsummer, the summer solstice is a high pagan satanic holiday. Just like Xmas is. You know, we've got Yule. And then you've got Ishtar has to be determined through astrology, and then you've got May 1st, which is Beltane, or May Day, another high uh, satanic holiday for them. You've got all these, then, you know, Halloween, Samhain. But the solstices, the winter and summer solstices, are also times of very, 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 uh, very, very important high pagan occult 
time. And this has to do with astrology and these things that the Bible clearly um, warns against and forbids us to do as Christians. And I've done a whole study on that called Witchcraft Practices Biblically Defined. You can key it in, in the search box on my homepage on Sermon Audio under Scott A. Johnson. But they give a list here, a link to uh, the Bohemian Grove member list. It's a partial member list, but it's very well researched. And I'll tell you, it's, it's huge. There's no way I could go through them all. There's too many. But you can go there and you can click on this link from my from this document right off my... I, what I've tried to do with the, with the PDFs and the documents that will be online, what I've endeavored to do is put together one-stop shopping for you. Okay, where you can go up there and you can, all the research, not all the research, but most, if you want to get started in, in the, if you're going to research something in the right direction, hopefully it's up there. I'll give you the links you can click on and you can prove this for yourself. Don't take my word, my word for this. Research it yourself. The Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and then make a flesh his arm, and his heart departed from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5. I'm not telling anybody to follow me or trust in me. I'm telling you, trust in the word of God. Uh, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, his finished work on the cross, and, and research these things out for yourself. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. So, if we go further, um, this lunar, there was also a full lunar eclipse um, in certain parts of the world, on I believe on the same day as this uh, summer solstice. So you've got the summer solstice, longest day of the year, what that is, just so you know, coordinated with the Bohemian Grove activities, and also, in certain parts of the world, there was a full lunar eclipse. Full lunar eclipses are another thing that, that would make an occultist drool type of thing. Okay, so a lot of stuff was going on at that exact time. There was a lot of wickedness and evil that was being conjured. You know, during that time, all kind of people were emailing me saying, we're having, oh, I just feel terrible, we're having all these problems, we're getting in these arguments, we're getting in these fights, we're quibbling about this or that, and I really guarantee it had, it had a lot to do with what was going on from an occult standpoint. Because um, if there was no benefit to witchcraft, and if there was no power in witchcraft, why would so many people, particularly the ones that, that have, you know, the vast majority of money on the planet and the vast majority of power on the planet, why would they be so obsessed with it if, if there was no benefit to it? There is benefits. It's, it's you know, sin is pleasurable for a season. Satan can, you know, do this and, and, and um, empower these people to a certain point, you know, up to the point where, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ is still on the throne. He's still ruling over things. He's permitting this to happen. And again, we're going to be getting into the strong delusion that the Bible clearly predicts that God is going to send, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned or receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And what we're talking about today is people that take great pleasure in unrighteousness, particularly when we're talking about the Bohemian Grove. So, um, regarding this full lunar eclipse, this is from the uh, news source AFP, and uh, it says the Indian astrologers are predicting violence and turmoil across the world as the result of this week's total solar eclipse, which the superstitious and the religious view as a sign of potential doom in Hindu mythology. The two demons, Rehu and Ketu, are said to swallow the sun during these eclipses. 
sniffing out its life-giving light and causing food to become inedible and water undrinkable. You know, it's just paganism at its finest. So, but that's what they believed, and there is a cult significance. So you had all of this stuff going on at the same time that the Bohemian Grove Summer Solstice was, uh, Summer Solstice Celebration was being um, going on there. Now, let's change gears again. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all this. I'm going to go ahead and end here. We're going to we're going to end in part three. That way, it won't be a real small part for part three.